It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They are 100% chocolate covered, high in fiber, high in protein. Make sure you check out BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your next order, meaning you could be an existing customer of Built Bar and enjoy some really good protein and some really good healthy chocolate bars. And enjoy today's episode. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Pirates. I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most. I hope you all had a safe and fun Easter weekend, as today is Monday, April 5th of the year 2021. And the Pittsburgh Pirates have started the season 1-2 and two after defeating the Chicago Cubs on opening day. They dropped the next two. Key Brian Hayes goes down with an injury. The offense sputters, defensive errors, etc. But getting one to start the year in Wrigley is a lot better than starting 0-3. So what were some ups and downs from the Chicago Cubs opening series? Uh, Because we like to be positive here at Locked On Pirates, we're going to start with the ups. Uh, Obviously, you all heard my reaction to the Key Brian Hayes opening home run of the season off Kyle Hendricks. Game 1 opening day. Adam Frazier gets on base with a walk. Key Brian Hayes slams one into left field, kicks off his Rookie of the Year campaign, and realistically just made the offense kick off really quickly. And also a down, of course, is his injury that put him on the 10-day injured list, which we will talk about later. Um, But having Hayes in the lineup is obviously a much better thing than not. But that home run was like a immediate thing to let you know and remind you that key Brian Hayes is here to stay for a long time as a not only good defensive third baseman, but a good hitter as well. Um, a down was, of course, again, the offensive sputtering after the Hayes injury. Um, again, I'll mention this later also, but uh, the team only had three runs in 17 innings after Hayes left the game in the uh, second inning or in the basically the bottom of the first inning of the last game. Uh, on Saturday, and it was just kind of unfortunate, but the offense does have to be better. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of things that you have to realize the pitching staff did not play bad at all this entire series. We'll get into that as well, but it's also, they didn't play good enough offensively to be in those situations where they could be taking a one-run lead. And it didn't help with Polanco either. Like, that's one of the downs also is Polanco just did not start the season well in these first three games. But again, you also have to keep in mind it's the first three games of the year. So a lot of this stuff is just still kind of recency. I mean, we still have 159 games to go. But another up was Tyler Anderson's swing and miss rate on his start Saturday. So Tyler Anderson, who was one of the pitchers we picked up in the offseason, Looked pretty good Saturday. He did pick up the loss, sadly, because of a couple earned runs. But uh, he had a twenty-two. He had twenty-two swing and misses over five innings pitched. 
It's pretty good. He was making the Cubs look silly sometimes, but I mean, he did give up a couple runs, but it is what it is. It's not helpful when the offense isn't really doing much, but I think Tyler Anderson is going to be an amazing acquisition. Uh, he looked like he did well in this game. I think he will continue to do well. If that's something he does consistently, I don't think so. But I think Anderson is one of those pitchers that will definitely give the Pirates chances to win ball games for the rest of the year if he's on the mound. Another down, um, Mitch Keller's debut. So you had Tyler Anderson, you had Chad Cool. Chad Cool's debut was eh. Um, you had Tyler Anderson, he looked pretty good as also or also. But Mitch Keller pitched three innings on Sunday, had three earned runs, four strikeouts, four walks, and only hit the strike zone 55% of the time. I asked you guys on Twitter what you expected from his start earlier that day, and 41% of you that voted on it said he just needs to hit the strike zone. He didn't do that. Keller is a miles better pitcher when he gets that first strike, but for some reason he has this tendency to throw like curveballs in 1-1 counts or... They call it for him for some reason. Or he'll throw like a wild fastball to start the at-bat, and the next thing you know, the next two pitches are wild as well, and it's a 3-0 count. So I still don't think it's cause for concern to worry about Keller yet. He still is a very young pitcher. I still didn't agree with his call-up time a couple years ago. I still think he should have had at least one more year in the minors because he has the stuff to be a good pitcher. He just has to get his confidence back. He didn't get it today, obviously, but I mean... He still is going to have a number of different starts for the Pittsburgh Pirates over the remainder of the year where he can improve on his game, and he's not going to really be asked to get too many wins. It would be nice, but, I mean, this team already, as we've mentioned before, is in a rebuild mode, so wins are kind of not where we're really looking at right now, but you never know. Um, another up, Colin Moran and his patience at the plate. Uh, Colin Moran... Uh, even with Key Brian Hayes leaving, was probably one of the bigger bright spots of the lineup in terms of offense. Uh, he had a 300 batting average, three walks, one home run, and a, I mean, he did have a couple of strikeouts in there as well, but Moran looked really good at the plate over this uh, series. I mean, every game he had a hit, I believe. Um, he walked a couple times in the opener. He went two for three on Saturday and then, or uh, yesterday. With a home run. That home run was not the most well-hit ball, but it was still a home run regardless. It still went out of Wrigley. But I think Colin Moran's going to do pretty well. He he also had a a really good defensive play on Javier Baez that almost resulted in a double play, but it ended up scoring a run on the play. But if he didn't stop it, it would have probably scored two. So I think Moran's going to come into his own as a first baseman. He's going to give like uh, the prospect, the biggest first baseman prospect in the system, Mason Martin, some much-needed time to grow. Maybe he's a trade piece at the deadline if they don't think that he's going to be suitable for their future plans, but he is one, if not the only, power option in the lineup other than Hayes and Polanco. So I think you kind of have to keep Moran, but I like the start that I saw from him. Another down is something that over spring training you heard Bob Walk say, look, got so much better. It was like, oh, defensively this team is going to be so much better. They look like it sometimes, but you also had six errors in this opening series. You can't have that happen. That's two errors per game. Realistically, on Saturday's game, if those errors don't happen, the Pirates very well win that game. Javier Baez and Wilson Contreras never score in that game. And, I mean, the errors are whatever. Like, I mean, it happens to everybody, even the best. But you can't have a two-error average per game if you're expecting to be competitive. Another up, 
is the young bullpen arms. David Bednar has looked amazing. Like, he looks great. Uh, the hometown kid, he looked really good on opening day. He looked pretty good Sunday. Luis Oviedo made a really good impression after not playing any higher than Class A baseball. He was a Rule 5 pickup for the Pirates. And, I mean, the kid's young. And as the broadcast team said numerous times, he looked like he was just ready for the moment. He looked like he's been in the league for five years. He looked pretty good as well. Dwayne Underwood Jr. also looked really good. Um, Chris Stratton has looked okay. Richard Rodriguez looked good as a closer again. I mean, you have some guys in there in that bullpen that are going to be a little scary to face for other opposing pitch or uh, hitters. And again, another down, I guess, would be like the two out of three losses. But oh well, it's the first three games of the year, and you were able to come back and go to Cincinnati with a win under your pocket, which is something I don't think anybody expected. But I mean, again, like the ups and downs of the series were there. Polanco just needs to be better. Um, the Hayes injury obviously was a detrimental thing to the offense and even defensively. Phillip Evans is a really good player, but that one ball that he missed, I think Hayes gets that and they avoid giving up a run in that situation. But it is what it is. Hayes should be back in the next week and a half after that 10-day uh, IL list, which is what we will talk about when we come back. But before we end segment one, today's episode is indeed brought to you by betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the only place that has you covered and the only place we trust here at the Locked On Sports Network. Betonline.ag. Make sure you sign up for a free account at that website, betonline.ag, and use the promo code LOCK15 for your 50% welcome bonus, meaning they will give you money if you put money into your account on your very first deposit. And when we come back, we will talk about the Key Brian Hayes injury in depth and see how Philip Evans and Wilmer Defoe do in his absence. And we will be right back. And welcome back to Locked On Pirates, everybody. I am once again your host that does the most, Ethan Smith. And, you know, the Pirates, you come here every day to listen to me talk about the Pirates. But if you want to know more about the sports that are uh, everything else going on in sports... Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of local experts like myself. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, an interesting development with the Key Brian Hayes situation. So we saw Hayes leave the game on Saturday with an injury to his wrist. So... There was an interesting part of it is on Sunday, it was noted that they were going to try to not put him on there and they had him do baseball activities, but apparently Derek Shelton said he had trouble squeezing his glove, which was very interesting. So they're listing it as left uh, wrist inflammation and of course with the move came uh, Wilmer Defoe added, being added to the 40-man roster. Uh, Kyle Crick was cleared also from COVID-19 intake protocols after his uh, wife was in paternity. Will Crow was also optioned to the alternate training site to clear that active space for Crick. And that's pretty much the moves that were made. But of course, um, Hayes, losing Hayes sucks. It just does. Um, it was so fun to watch him on opening day. And then to see him get injured and even get on base again in that second game before he left uh, was just kind of like a 
inhale until you find out what's going on and then the whole city and all the fan base exhaled when they found out that his uh, test came back negative he's still on the 10-day injured list but i mean let's just hope that this wrist injury isn't like major in his development as sometimes you do see wrist injuries can affect like a hitter's power when he's in the plate it can affect a lot of different things but as far as Hayes goes, I think they're just being very cautious because they know what they have. They have the best third baseman prospect in baseball right now, and they have one of arguably the best young players in baseball if he develops correctly. So, of course, they're not going to sit there and say, okay, well, we're going to rush him back in a season where the Pirates really aren't going to be winning that much anyway. And, of course, I mean... You have to keep in mind as well, okay, who's playing while Hayes is gone? Um, well, Philip Evans got the start on Sunday and actually looked pretty damn good. Like, I will be honest with you, he looked pretty good in uh, the absence of Key Brian Hayes. You'll also probably see Eric Gonzalez slot in there as well at third base. Wilmer Defoe also could be there, but that's why they're there. Like, I mean, some people were saying, what about Todd Frazier? I just think that Todd Frazier is just like an emergency guy. Like, if Gonzalez or Defoe gets hurt, then you go to Todd Frazier. But it just all depends. I mean, I'd like to see Phillip Evans basically stay in that role through Hayes' absence just because I think he's the best of the three. Eric Gonzalez is good. Defoe has kind of hit the decline in his career. But I think Phillip Evans gives you the best opportunity to get some production out of that third base spot. Now, obviously, he's not as good as a defender as Hayes. None of the three are. But, um... It is what it is. Um, but, I mean, either way, I think they'll be okay in his absence. Obviously, he was put on the 10-day IL on Sunday, so that means he should be back. He'll be out this whole week, but he should be back sometime in the middle of next week. So, I mean, of course, when he comes back as well, you're probably still going to make sure everything's all good for him. But, I mean, does this affect his Rookie of the Year campaign? I don't think so. Does it affect his development? I also don't think so. I mean, inflammation is just kind of one of those weird things that's going to sit there and it might linger until maybe the like month of May. But I think he'll be mostly okay. I don't think it's going to mess with his development too much. Let's hope it doesn't. Let's also hope that it is just left wrist uh, inflammation and it doesn't turn into anything else more serious and he's not out for three months. Because I think one thing that we really want to see from Hayes is can he handle the 162-game season? Obviously, he's not going to be playing the full year this year with the injury, but he's definitely going to be playing more than 60 games if the injury is not that serious and he stays healthy. Which, you also, like, it's not like he got injured on purpose either. I mean, it was just like kind of one of those fluke accident kind of deals with the way he hurt himself. But either way, I mean, I think it'll be okay. I, again, I'd like to see Phillip Evans slot in there at third and pretty much stay there but we'll see what the pirates decide to do i mean hayes could come off the il and then still sit a couple days it's just all depending on what they want to do and how cautious they want to be and ben charrington's going to say that to shelton he's going to be like this is the best thing we have that we know is going to be here for the next couple years make sure he's okay first before you throw him back out there i know it's very tempting to throw him back out there, but you have to make sure that he's okay first before you do it. Because then, let's say, left wrist inflammation turns into a broken left wrist, then you could be talking about his development and his potential getting a little bit more hurt. Because when you have a guy who's hitting the baseball really well, 
trying to come back from a broken wrist and hit the baseball well after that is not very easy. I used to play baseball and messed up part of my forearm. Not like the same thing, but it took me a good two or three months to be able to hit a baseball again. Like, it was very interesting. Like, I mean, and I was only hurt for like three weeks, but it's still a very interesting thing. So I think the Pirates are just being very precautionary like they should be, and I agree with the decision to put them on the injured reserve, or injured list. I always almost said injured reserve because of the NFL. But, you know, I think it'll be okay. And today's episode, once again, is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off of your next order, meaning you could be an existing customer of those wonderful protein bars that just taste so amazing, like birthday cake or caramel brownie or all those other good things, you can make sure that you use that uh, promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com to get 15% off of your next order. And when we come back, finally, we will be previewing the Cincinnati Reds series, which starts tonight against the rival Cincinnati Reds as Pittsburgh heads there, and we will be right back. And welcome back to Locked On Pirates, everybody. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to give you an advantage in your leagues, Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Fantasy-wise, not too many Pirates I don't think are going to make or break any leagues. Maybe Key Brian Hayes in a couple, but I highly doubt it. But we're not here to talk about fantasy baseball. We're here to preview the Pirates' upcoming three-game set Monday through Wednesday against the Cincinnati Reds, which should be a pretty fun series. As uh, um, The Reds looked kind of rough on opening day. Luis Castillo didn't have the greatest start, neither did Jack Flaherty of the St. Louis Cardinals. But the Cardinals did pick up the victory in that game. But the Reds definitely picked it up offensively after that, winning 9-6 to on Saturday, beating Adam Wainwright, and then winning 12-1 to on Sunday, beating Carlos Martinez. And obviously the highlight of that series for the Cincinnati Reds and the St. Louis Cardinals, not really a highlight, but it was the most talked about part of it, was the Nicholas Castellanos and Yadier Molina and the benches clearing brawl in a Saturday. Well, not really a brawl, but there was a bunch of stuff happening. But Nicholas Castellanos definitely came out on Sunday and looked absolutely amazing in that uh, game against the St. Louis Cardinals. So currently the Reds are 2-1, and one, the Pirates are 1-2. and two. Let's take a look at the pitching matchups for the Pirates on who they will be facing. It looks like they will be facing Jose De Leon tonight on the mound. Um, Interesting for him. Last year he didn't really do much. Then they will be taking on another interesting pitcher in Wade Miley, who went 0-3 with a 5.65 ERA last year. And then Chad Cool and Luis Castillo will be battling it out on that Wednesday game on April 7th. Uh, For the Pirates, it looks like JT Brubaker, Trevor Cahill, and Chad Cool will be getting the starts in this series for those games. So this should be an interesting series. Um, If you look at the Reds, they didn't score any less than six runs in the series against St. Louis. Meanwhile, the Pirates and the Cubs, as teams, did not score any more than five. So the Reds, so far, have already scored 28 runs 
while the Cubs and the Pirates did not score any over five in any of those games. So one thing going into this series I think that you would have to look into for the Pirates is you're really going to want to try to do what you did against the Chicago Cubs and limit the hits, limit what's going on. But, I mean, Nicholas Castellanos is definitely the guy you're going to try to have to shut down. I mean, as a 545 batting average, two homers, five RBIs, and a 583 on base percentage to start the year. But it doesn't just stop there. Jonathan India has had a pretty good start there. Young third baseman over there in 11 at-bats. He currently has five hits, two RBIs, and two strikeouts, and has also scored a run. Um, you have a plenty of guys to worry about in this Cincinnati Reds lineup. Jesse Winker, who also has a uh, 375 batting average. Mike Moustakis always has that big power. Um, Tucker Barnhart, Aristides Aquino, Tyler Nassine. You have a lot of guys. Like, I mean, two guys on the Reds already have five RBIs, and that's Castellanos and Nassine. Um, but, I mean, also, Eugenio uh, U- Suarez is another guy to worry about. Obviously, Joey Votto. And we all know the Pirates and the Reds don't like each other. And that's kind of where it's at. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, as far as this series could go, I definitely think the Pirates need to have kind of this mentality right now to say, okay, these first two series are on the road, right? Like, we got one in Wrigley, which is fine. I would be perfectly okay if the Pirates win one game in Cincinnati. I would be fine with it. If they can win one game in Cincinnati and start the year 2-4 and four against two teams in the NL Central that are going to be competing for that crown, I'd be for it. And I think a big part of that also is this offense is going to have to play well alongside the Reds' offense. And I think that starts with Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds right now, of course, leading the team in batting average with four hits and 12 at-bats. Uh, no RBIs, no home runs for him or anything like that. Uh, we also need to cut down on the strikeouts. Uh, Anthony Alford, five strikeouts in the opening series. Colin Moran, Gregory Polanco, and Reynolds all had four, and Stallings had three. So you do need to cut out on the strikeouts a little bit. But one thing I do want to see is I want to see Kevin Newman and Adam Frazier get off to hot starts uh, like they were in spring training, which they kind of are. They only have one strikeout in between the two. It was Newman's first strikeout technically of the 2021 year, including spring training. But if those two can get on base for Reynolds and Moran, and even a Phillip Evans, that'd be very nice. Uh, of course, not having Key Brian Hayes in the lineup will affect your offense a ton. But also, if the p- if pitching staff-wise, it doesn't look like the starting pitchers are going to be offering you up too much. But if you can get like at least three or four good innings, and then the bullpen can continue to do what it's doing, like Dwayne Underwood Jr. right now has two and one-thirds innings pitched. Yeah, he gave up a run. Stratton's given up a run. Holmes has given up a run, but outside of that, nobody in the bullpen has given up a run other than Will Crow, who just got optioned. So, Michael Feliz, who had a, a, a one-third inning pitched, Luis Oviedo, Richard Rodriguez, Kyle Crick, Sam Howard, David Bedner, none of those guys have given up a run yet. So, if you can kind of contain Cincinnati's bats going into this series... Maybe you win two out of three. A sweep would obviously be super nice as well, but I just don't think it happens. So looking into the series, what do you guys want to see from the Pittsburgh Pirates heading into Cincinnati for their second series of the year with a 1-2 and two record? Let me know on Twitter at LockedOnPirates or on my personal Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan. 
everyone that uh, listens to this, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate all of you that are always commenting and liking the uh, posts on Twitter and all of that good stuff. But I will be coming to you Tuesday and Wednesday with Reds news. And then, of course, on Thursday, we will be starting yet another series against the Chicago Cubs for opening day in PNC Park. I will be previewing that series and recapping the Cincinnati series when we get there. But... I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Monday. I once again hope you had a great Easter weekend. I hope everything's going great in your life and you're staying safe. And everyone, have a great day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.